Somber ending. What's happening? Hey everyone. <laughs> this is the. How end. you doing? Luna past here. This is living the past for another week. <laughs> uh, my name is Paul, and that is Ben. You hear laughing. That was also the Bloodhound Gang with Firewater Burn. Thanks for bringing us in, boys. Uh, December nineteen ninety six. We made it to the end of the end of the year. Uh, we got uh, one more sounds episode like of this. Sounds like we just barely made it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought this was uh, again like my concept of time is a slow place. I thought this was like, and it does make sense. I thought it was like nine more ninety seven ninety eight, and this we it probably gets that song probably gets very popular in nineteen ninety seven. Um, have you even ever heard that song before? Of course, I've heard that song before. Yeah, I was just saying that like it's one of the greatest songs of all time. Yeah. Also, Somehow. um. Kind of controversial in a way, like, and I'll, which I'll get to when we get to the um, uh, that section. But uh, that was, yeah, <laughs> ah, good old Bloodhound Gang. Um, if you want to complain about how we open our shows, uh, you can email us at livingthepastpod at gmail dot com. Want to, but I guess. Um, and also, uh, you can get, get contact us through Instagram, which. You know, after like saying like a couple of weeks ago about that, uh, we've we've started to get a few uh, some some correspondence happening. So you know. we have, yeah. We should probably uh, keep better one, tabs on that and respond to people. One guy asking, uh, one guy asking when our date of birth was, which was super weird. But you know, <laughs> no, I don't think that's weird because you know, like guys doing a podcast about the nineties. Like, were you even around in the nineties? But my go-to if of someone needs to ask me where my date of birth is is back to like the MSN chat of like ASL. Age sex oh, yeah. locations. <laughs> can, can I uh, share something probably somewhat embarrassing? Yes. I always thought that L stood for language. <laughs> because I was in England for part of this, and everyone just kept saying England or English. <laughs> to be fair, location, it's it's similar. <laughs> like, if you say location Australia, like, ah, oh, your language is Australian English. <laughs> Jesus. So you didn't pick up much on Amazon is what you're talking to tell me. Uh, I'd, it, mm, hit, hit and miss. All right, let's get into living in the now. So living in the now is when we get into uh, what stuff have we been doing that's non-90s related. And look, I, I think I say this towards the end of every uh, season, but like... Looking forward to some non-90s content for a little bit. Maybe a bit of a, a detox. <laughs> you say that, but I'm going to give everyone a peek behind the curtain because not not too long ago, was it mm. two weeks ago, mm. you were quite keen to start recording 97 in the next <laughs> few weeks. And I that said, was more how about s- we take the rest of the year off? <laughs> that was more of a scheduling thing. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, but I haven't really been watching anything apart from um, 90s stuff. Uh, did you did you quit your <coughs> October thing? I did. Yeah, I, I I failed in my I failed once again in my in my um Halloween. I wouldn't uh, say you failed. Days. You attempted. 
I was, yeah. Um, but what I need to do, I can't believe I haven't even done this yet, and it's now been weeks since it premiered. Uh, the new Frasier. I can't believe I haven't talked about this yet. Oh, yeah. Uh, it is great. And I don't care who says what about anything. It is it is fine. Um, it's fine. It, it is, is great and it is fine. Because, here's the thing. Like, everyone was going, oh, because there's no Niles and no Daphne. Um, I mean, that's not what the show was called. So, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, but I mean, like, the, I am missing Niles a bit. But it's not in Seattle anymore. We're going back to Boston. Ooh. Because he goes back. Um, there is a, if you're even the most casual watcher of Frasier, there is an episode, I think it's episode two or three, uh, with some reference to Marty, and whew, I cried. Oh, no. I cried. What about the dog? <laughs> Don't snicker at the dog. You think? Do you think the dog's still around? Do you think the dog's no, still I, around? I know the dog's not still around, but, you know, how about some sort of mention? Um... Marty gets a mention. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Like, so we've right, got Roz. Um, is Roz in it? Loved Roz. Everyone liked Roz, right? Roz, Roz is. Mm, she ha- she does come in. Yeah, okay. and also does. So does Lilith. Ah, bulldog. Yeah. There's no bulldog just as of yet, but there should be. Good. As as a sitcom, it re- really works. Um, I, everyone's going. Oh, but it's you know, it's 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 more of a um, because there's no like sort of regular old cast members but i'm like it's it's not even a reimagining it's just like it's 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 the next chapter in fraser's life we've gone through cheers we've gone through fraser now it's like fraser to 2023 uh my living in the now i take no shame <laughs> in saying that i have uh, temp or not temporarily i currently have qualified for a upcoming medical trial ah. because my dog has some bills that i can't afford right so I have gone and got myself, don't laugh at me, it's not the Denver Broncos, but I'm going back down my championship manager rabbit hole. Oh no. Because I'm going to be in there for like three days and I can't just, the 90s, 1996 is over. I don't so, have a buttload of 90s films to watch, so I'll just be glued to... Literally uh, glued. Yeah. I won't be able to take any blood from you because, like, no. all, all, all unnecessary functions in your body will stop because you just go put all energy into championship manager. It's times like these. I wish <laughs> it was 2090 where I didn't need my fingers to use a mouse and the screen would just do what I wanted it to do with my mind. <laughs> then they could still take blood. I'd be all right. Uh, but yeah, I, I have uh, repurposed one of the Adelaide soccer teams into the team that I play for. <laughs> In the editing uh, little app, <laughs> I've gone and taken all the best players in the world <laughs> and put them in this team and put them in the English conference. And we're going to climb to the very, very top. I bet you will. <laughs> yep. It's so hard to not be doing it right now because my laptop is right there. I know. Like, well, we'll get through this quickly so you can go back to Thank you. that. Thank <laughs> you. Well, that was disappointing. Let's get on to um, I was I was you went and we we went and saw a nineties band last night. Oh yeah, how was that's, that? That's not is that living in the narrow? Is that living in the? <laughs> uh, so you went and saw Jebediah. I did. We can talk about them in ninety seven as well because it's the first Who album was coming. The support anyone of the Tullamarines. Okay. Who I assume flew in from Melbourne. <laughs> 
Jesus. Uh, um, and were Jebediah good? Yeah, I think so. But they're leaving um, home. They did play Leaving Home. They played all the bangers that you would want them to play. Yeah. Uh, Laura thinks there was a slight bitterness about them playing songs that weren't off the first two albums. I would make a couple of comments. But what? I, they, I think they, any band knows that. They weren't playing songs off the first two albums? No, they were. But then when they played, he's like, oh, here's a song off uh, our fourth album. And I think he made some comment about people not knowing it or something. <laughs> but uh, you've, I think as a band... I mean, they weren't huge, but... I think they were lucky the f- to get what they got, seriously. Like, cause like- <laughs> the first two albums did pretty well. They're pretty popular. I think yeah. you have to enjoy and ride those coattails. All right, let's, uh, let's get on to uh, the events for the last time of 1996, for December 1996. Now, you know me. I do. You know, it's Paul, I you have a podcast. don't like to delve into true crime that much. Don't you? Not a lot. Like, I, I, I used to be real right into it. But this, I was really trying to find, like, a bunch of different stories. And for being, being the Christmas month, these are some, some, some sort of weird shit. I've got three true crime stories for you. Ooh. John Benet Ramsey. <gasps> was a the wrestler? year-old girl. Oh. Who was a child beauty queen and was found dead in her family home. She was, uh, she had a broken skull and a garrote was found tied around her neck. She was found in a downstairs room by her uh, father, I believe. Um, now, this was like one of the like a big landmark uh, cold cases. Still has never been um, solved. Uh, BuzzFeed Unsolved did an episode about it. Um, Which just just pause for a second. How? insanely incredible that something like this can be unsolved it was there it was that decades Madeline McCann like it was just like you would think that someone would have come forward with something and they still haven't it was just ridiculous so there's a couple of different theories about what happened um a lot of a lot of the focus was on the parents um because they were very cagey about uh doing um interviews with police and um just like not really sort of uh giving a lot of information to, to anyone. Um, there was like a, a note left at the scene um, that they don't know, they still don't know to this day who wrote it. It was um, done on the uh, the stationery that was available at the house. A couple of theories is that the mother or the father hit her and then realised that like she was dead, so they sort of um, dressed up the scene to make it look like um, someone had broken in. Um, her brother, who was nine at the time, there was this um, theory that he she stole some pineapple off his plate and then he like, um, lost lost his temper and, and, and killed her. How how does that come about? Uh, it's very like you, look. There's there's bunches like there's a bunch of other podcasts you can go into about really. And I look. I seriously, I've given you like the bare facts. You do not want to see a lot of the crap that goes along with this case because it's it's not great. It's it's very very. I remember when I watched the uh, Buzzfeed Unsolved. I think even they were uncomfortable um, doing it because it's it's nothing you can really sort of joke about or, or point fun it's, it's hard because like well it shouldn't be hard um but it's sad that like a, a life being lost being taken is now overshadowed by just this incredible mystery so yeah. like at the end of the day like a little girl was murdered 
Yeah. The we have no idea what reason, but that's kind of forgotten about because how and what the fuck happened? Yeah, it's like how the Beaumont children here, like three children literally got taken from a beach on a crowded beach and like it now it's it's more like a game that people play to like sort of it's like but it's still like three yeah. kids died. Um so the other theory is that an intruder broke in. There was apparently there was a Christmas display up, so there was a couple of windows that were slightly open to let um cords run out to light up the display uh so people could have got in but there's like a lot there's like a few things like the the cobweb theory which is you know uh there were open windows but then there was also undisturbed cobwebs um sort of going across and they're like there's no way that someone could have got through there and not sort of like done that so yeah that, that came into um came into play so yeah it's it's really a a sad case and the parents do sort of get put through the ringer but like like what happens with the um West Memphis 3 um as much as I believe that those guys didn't do it they didn't do a lot of uh favors for themselves on the stand like they seemed like really disinterested and they were very cagey about stuff and it's like I can't I can only uh, I can only imagine what is going through their heads but like my thing would be like just constantly I didn't do it I didn't do it (laughs) like it's just you Sometimes they, the 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 actions that they did in the, and and stuff that they said doesn't do well to dispel any uh, suspicion against them. Yeah, I think the difference with the West Memphis Three being cocky young teenagers, I oh, imagine yeah. their mindset was like, "Well, we didn't do it. This is just dumb. Like nothing's going to come of it." Yeah, they didn't know the reality. Whereas the Sean Bonet's parents, as as adults and grown ups, yeah, and they they were I think they were quite well to do as well. Like, I mean, it was, they were obviously, um, and like a lot of it was the big focus was, was put on the fact that the mum put her kid into like uh, beauty pageants and stuff like that. That was like the big takeaway is that every photo that was was given out was her like like dressed up to the nines and um, in a beauty pageant sort of things. Uh, okay, <laughs> I will butcher this name, but let's have a go. Sophie Toscan Duplantier uh, was a 39-year-old French woman who was killed in County Cork, Ireland. Um, there was a audio series that came out uh, a while ago um, uh, that that's did a, a big deep dive into this case um, called West Cork. I think there was also something on Netflix as well. Um, hmm. But she was, uh, yeah, she, was, she had a holiday home in um, in Goline, Ireland, and she was found dead. Outside, uh, she was in her nightdress and also some boots, but she was, uh, I, I believe that she was hit. Um, but the, they also left, so the, there's been a lot of focus on how the Irish police handled the situation. They did leave her body outside for 28 hours before <laughs> before the, um, the coroner came because they had nowhere else to put her or didn't want to move her. And oh, like, I think we watched this one. I think you did too. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, and then like they also found a bunch of phone calls um, uh, that were logged basically of the police going like, oh, I think we fucked some stuff up. <laughs> we should not. <laughs> we should yeah. uh, make sure that no one ever finds these phone calls. Um, but yeah, the, the, there's, there's a, there was a review into the police um, actions uh, and just um, there was a suspect uh, of a British journalist named Ian Bailey who, uh, he was actually convicted in Paris. He was tried in absentia, I think, 
is how you pronounce it. Oh yeah. Um, after um, because then, Ireland wouldn't send him back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and because he was in France, but yeah, um, it's pretty much well regarded that he's the one that did it. Um, how yeah. messed up that you can have someone in your country and they mm-hmm. are convicted of murder in that country by another country, <laughs> and then you're like, yeah, nah, but we're not gonna we're not gonna send them to you. It's really weird. Yeah. Like, so um, you you want a convicted murderer to stay? Well, they're paying taxes, you know. <laughs> it's our murderer. You can't have it. Joyce Marilyn Mayer Summers, also known as the Christmas Tree Lady. Um, now that um, that that intro could make me think that could make me mean that she's a victim or the killer. Yeah, <laughs> she's a victim. Um, but she's this is not um, this is not a murder. This is a suicide, but um, a kind of a strange one. She was found. In uh, December 1996, in a cemetery on a rug where she had killed herself by asphyxiation with a plastic bag, Um, she had on so on on the on she had set up this thing, she had set up this like little Christmas tree, which is why they call her the Christmas tree lady. She um, left a note saying, now I lay me down to sleep, soon to drift to eternal deep, and though I die, I shall not wait. Sleep sweeter will be than this for this life I forsake. Um, she also left two $50 notes, one being for the the funeral. And, um, okay, funerals were cheap back then. Yeah. Um, yeah, one was for the funeral and one was for the coroner. And she was found oh, to have been always listening. Always tip your coroner, folks. Yeah, always if you've oh, nice. Um, uh, she had been listening to it, and this this is the thing that's like, I know it doesn't really matter. But Please tell me she was listening to Metallica. No, she was listening to a comedy album, but they, like in every uh, report I read, they won't tell me which one. And there's even a picture of the tape, and I can't work out what it says on the tape. Uh, um, but if I find out, by Jove, you will know. <laughs> um. But it was just like, and they, no one knew her identity for years. Um, this was only uh, um, worked out, I think, in 2016? No, 2022. They um, they did the tests and they find, finally found out who it was. There's still no uh, real reason that was given. I think she just didn't want, uh, there's no reason why, why she did it in the, the children's part of the cemetery either. Um, but it was a, a mystery for, for years that has now been... Um, Sold. I have another mystery solved for you, if you like. Okay. The cassettes. Did you find out? I did. How? I don't know. Just luck of the clicking. Mm. Jeff Foxworthy <laughs> and Monty Python and the Holy Grail. That So one of the cassettes does have that. It had a very colorful design, and that makes sense. So it must be the Monty Python one. Yeah. Imagine, this, imagine the last voice being Jeff Foxworthy. <laughs> oh, I know. You know you're a redneck. <laughs> um, that sounds like a pretty good way to go. That's that's, that's actually, I think, what his tape was called. Oh, really? Uh, is it? How do you know if you're a redneck? It's something redneck. Yeah. I can't. I can't read it. We did that redneck comedy tour. So. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's that's my three news stories. Um, not very holly and jolly, but. No. Um, just a little bit different. Um, we're not going to turn to anything 
close to a true crime pros- um, uh, um, podcast if you want to hear anything more <sighs> that's the reason why um that's uh, have a look for those um for those three uh victims um uh if you just search them up you'll find a way more podcasts about them and giving you way more information but also maybe you go see if bailey sarah has done one about them but also unsolicited um unsolicited opinions which i didn't <laughs> i'm not giving you that i'm just giving you the facts baby which is more than I can say for other podcasts. Is what I'm saying. Oh. Um, let's get and on other to segments it. in this show. <laughs> Exhibit A. Hello. What? What a legend! What a champion! That's been a marvelous game here. Yes, England. Championship curling on CBC. All right. We have so much sports news. You are going to love it. Because I'm going to start you off with Wayne Gretzky. Hey. Becoming the first, and I believe to this day, only player in NHL history to get 3,000 points. Ah, I thought to be a qualified goober. Ah, that came long, long ago. (laughs) Been doing that for a while. Was it you that uh, was telling me about how he taught Michael Jordan how to tip or something? No, I've never heard that before. Oh, apparently, like, Michael Jordan was, uh, he went to um, Vegas. He was with Gretzky. And he didn't do something. And Gretzky's like, dude, this is how it's done. And he, like, chucked, like, you know. You got to give. You got to give sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> and then every time Wayne Gretzky saw him after that, he'd go, did you give? <laughs> And then Jordan punched him and gave him a wedgie. <laughs> and then he's yelled at someone to hold that door and walk towards it really slowly. Um, the Orlando Magic record the fewest points uh, since the 24 second clock came into existence in the NBA. Are they still going? Yes, they're still going. Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> I should have mentioned at the top that I've left my door open. <laughs> So I can keep tabs on if the animals kill each other. <laughs> Someone's just coming telling me it's it's lunchtime. Someone's Not just... fucking lunchtime. Get out. Someone heard me say it's like out. the London Magic's still around. Still around. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> no one asked for her opinion. They scored fifty-seven points in four quarters of basketball. Ooh, that's pathetic. Stop dissing your team. Don't encourage it. So, you may know Roger Clemens, the baseballer. Oh, uh, Subbins. the Simpsons, yeah. Oh, um, no, Subbins or the chicken? Uh, he was the chicken, Yeah, Marge. right. <clears throat> um, he was with the Red Sox for 12 years. Wow. Yeah, and he never won anything there, obviously, because Red Sox never won anything. Yeah. Until Moneyball came in. Did you <clears throat> hear about Oakland as well? No. They're trying to move them. Where to? Uh, I think Vegas. Ugh. Yeah, everything's going to Vegas now. Brad Pitt's got saved. It's so sad because Oakland's other sporting team went to Vegas. Oh, the Raiders? Yeah, it's kind of cruel. Oh, they, oh okay. Gross. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so Boston wasn't winning, but they tabled him quite a large offer. Apparently the, the biggest offer they'd ever offered one of their players. Yeah. I think I mention this every December. If... I didn't, then I do now. Because I recall last year, this is the World Darts Championship. 
Okay. They held it right around Christmas and New Year's. That's remember right. That? Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. And they had the final on <clears throat> New Year's Day. Yeah. So I think a well, committee drunk. gathered round and said, guys, this is fucked up. So the last round of uh, the group stages was held across 29th to the 1st of January. Like, you know, not ideal, but at least you're not playing the final on the 1st of January. That's dumb. The final was played on the 5th of January. So there's a bit and of recovery won? time there. Who do you I think don't... won, Paul? Who's uh... the only darts player that you know? Henderson. <laughs> Henderson? Who's a Henderson? What? I don't know. I can't remember his name. Phil Taylor. Taylor. There you go. Yeah. He's the only man that will ever win a darts championship. Look, I listen, but I don't retain. <sighs> well, you're going to be hearing a lot more of that name because it, it does not end. Okay. He goes on to win quite a few more. Well, I promise that next December... I will be able to say Phil Taylor. We'll see. Who's that? Don't make any promises, you can't keep. <laughs> um, it is also bowl season. Hey. So, nice. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess. I mean, sports are cool, right? Yeah, yeah we like sports. Um, we had the Alamo Bowl, the Aloha Bowl, the Carquest Bowl, the Copper Bowl, the Holiday Bowl, the Liberty Bowl, the Peach Bowl, the Sun Bowl, <laughs> and the Independence Bowl. I like a Peach Bowl. You like a peach bowl? I had a peach bowl bowl for dessert last night. Oh, nice. The peach bowl was the Clemson Tigers versus the LSU Tigers, and the Tigers won. (laughs) Uh, The Sun Bowl, (laughs) Stanford Cardinals versus the Michigan State Spartans. The crowd is just like two different types of tiger. (laughs) Imagine the chance. Let's go, Tigers. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, Incredible. Uh, They're on our side. We have more Tiger victories in the Independence Bowl. Jesus. The Auburn Tigers beat the Army <laughs> Cadets, which I really hope that's just actual Cadets. Army yeah. Cadets, yeah. Just a bunch of Tigers beating up some little kids. <laughs> that's how we like it. Um, you know a cadet can be like someone in their 20s. <laughs> no, no, no. They're fresh out of high school. They're just babies. Okay. Uh, on my birthday okay. in December of 96, the Houston Cougars got beat by the Syracuse Orange men. Mm. Yeah. Orange um, men, huh? Fun side note. Uh, I was taken advantage of by a cougar in Syracuse once upon a time. Um, we also had the Holiday Bowl. Stop. Colorado Stop. Buffaloes versus the Washington Huskies. This needs more information. <laughs> We're not there yet. That's uh, We'll get back to that in 2006. Mm, I don't know if I can wait that long. (laughs) Well, I had to wait even longer, so... Cheapest. You'll get there. Uh, The Copper Bowl was the Utah Utes. Okay. Utah Utes. They don't even try anymore. Yeah. Um, Versus Wisconsin Badgers. (laughs) Badgers battered them, as you would expect. Um, Any other dumb names? Hurricanes? Cavaliers? All, All I think of now... Having worked in my job for so long, for the longest time, Cavaliers to me was Cleveland. Yeah. Even though I liked it. And now they're a Spaniel. Cavalier King Charles growing up. But now <laughs> I see Cavaliers and I just think, you're an ugly, googly eyed dog with big fluffy ears. <laughs> uh, the it's Navy. Like the, it's like the cougar there. <laughs> no, she had regular ears. Uh, California Golden Bears and the Navy Midshipmen. <laughs> 
Okay. You enjoy these names? I do, but I'm all just focused on that thing instead now. Texas Tech Red Raiders. Nope. Say that three times really quickly. <laughs> you don't have to because they did not score any points against the Iowa Hawkeyes. Iowa Hawkeyes. Iowa Hawkeyes. Iowa Hawkeyes. Yeah. We can say that one, but the other one. Um, that is your bowl season. Okay. It is over. Good. Uh, I'm not going to talk about Riddick Bowe versus Andrew Galotta 2. Good. Or the <clears> second, <throat> I suppose. But it's two. Um, <clears throat> because we're all just here for the conclusion of the European Curling Championships. Exactly. I don't even know why you do all that other stuff. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we kicked off on the 30th of November. People may recall that back in November. Yes. Uh, but the conclusion was in December, so I kept you all on tenterhooks waiting yeah. to hear how we went. It's been ridiculous. Like, what, what am I, uh, I can't be able to sleep. I can't eat. I can imagine. Um, we had the men's and the women's. Okay. The women's, the group was topped. There's two groups. Uh, they were topped by Germany and Scotland. Both not losing a match. Ooh. Yeah, quite impressive. Uh, Scotland and Germany did not make it to the final. Both bowing out in the semis. Two. Switzerland and Sweden. Uh. With Switzerland going on to be victors of the women's curling uh. championships. However, on the men's side, uh, the groups which were again... Why is there another group there? Does <laughs> Um, Scotland this, again. Attention to detail, but just and Sweden. Yeah. Uh, I, both again not losing a single match. But this time, they met in the final. Okay. As it should be when you're undefeated. Scotland beating Sweden, ten to three. Nice. Scotland Lucky won something. Look at that. Can you believe yeah. it? Um, also held in Denmark. <laughs> Uh, who did not go so great. Um, they got smashed in the quarterfinal of the men's, uh, and the women's, again, they did not get past the quarterfinals. So, host nation, do better. Uh, That's my story. That's good. Yeah. I, I got my curling. I'm happy now. That's all we need. Have you seen there's a, a betting ad going around at the moment where there's, like, this big curling joke? Uh, No. Laura looked at me and she's like, do you think they're making fun of you? <laughs> like, yes. Bet365 is specifically making fun of me for enjoying curling. Sorry. I, I, I saw a, a gambling ad the other day and it's still exactly the same as ones I used to watch like on TV back in the day. And I, I, one thing I hate, I hate this so much, is when you have like a group of men and one says, you beauty. It's, it really yeah. gets me because I'm just like, no one talks like that. And if you do, you're a douchebag. That's how you know that you're in Australia, though. <laughs> I just, um, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit... Uh, gambling eggs can go fuck themselves. I just, I really yes. can't stand them. Yes, they can. And if they're, and if they're going, coming up after my curling, then they can fuck right off. Yeah, that's right. Uh, there is a... Um, Australia has two teams competing at the moment. In the uh, Pan Continental Curling Championship in Kelowna, oh, uh, Canada, so you can actually check that up on the YouTube's, and we'll probably be uh, interrupted every so often with uh, gambling ads. <laughs> yeah. Let's come three three sixty. 
Um, yeah, support your local curls. You got anything else? Uh, no, that is... I wanted to end with a curling because that's Good. the big news of the year. Well, let's get on to uh, film. Now, I've I've gone off as I usually do with a bang. Like I've I've actually watched quite a few of these movies. Um, it's it's a pretty good standard. <clears throat> I oh, feel like it was a it was actually a really good way to end the the the, the film watching portions. I will uh, go through the movies: Daylight, Pleepy versus Larry Flint, Mother, Michael, One Fine Day, Ghost of Mississippi, Be with Some Butted, Do America, Marvin's Room, The Preacher's Wife, Mars Attacks, Jerry Maguire, and Citizen Ruth. Now, Citizen Ruth, I actually really wanted to see, but I didn't get a chance to. But I think it will be something that I watch in the future. Apparently, it's like a um, kind of a satire on uh, the abortion issue. And it's got Laura Dern, directed by Alexander Payne, who did Election and a bunch of other songs, uh, movies that I like. So, yeah, I, at some point, I would definitely be checking out Citizen Ruth. Was it on anything? Or you nah, I think I had to... I, think I, had to I, I, I actually... I rented three of these movies <laughs> and um they were not on sale <laughs> and so but I'll, I'll get through so i just want to quickly cover mother uh i watched it because i had al brooks in it and i'm i, I love Albert brooks uh can watch a lot of stuff this is kind of like george costanza the movie did it have um, the danzig song in it it did not <laughs> did it have the pink floyd song in it it did not oh. It's about a guy who's a um, sci-fi writer who's been divorced for a second time. So he decides that the reason that he's not good with women is because of the relationship he has with his mother, um, played by Debbie Reynolds, uh, the mother of uh, Carrie Fisher. Um, and so he, he says, I wanna, I'm going to move back in with you and we're going to sort of fix our relationship. But he does that by just kind of being, um, I don't know, passive aggressive and like kind of a dick to his mum. Like it's... Like it's, yeah. it's it's one of these ones that probably would have been better as a play. Like it's it, there's like there's not a lot of laugh out loud moments. It's it's everyone in there is, in, in there is very like, very serious. Albert Brooks is trying to be funny, um, but it's just the material he's got is just not good to work with. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I watched it. I gave it two stars, uh, but yeah, it's that that was that was reaching. Um, I was I was very disappointed because I was like I was tossing up between this and Mars Attacks, and I picked this Ooh. and. Um, did you watch Mars Attacks? I did. Should I have watched Mars Attacks? No. That, oh, okay, cool. No. All right. uh, I don't know if I'd ever seen it before. I feel like I've seen it in bits and pieces. I think I must have watched years ago. I would have watched it on TV. Because I know it's. I feel <clears> like it's like it wasn't. It wasn't a bomb. Like it did quite well financially. Yeah, um, but I think it's also like it's one of those ones where some people will still think that it's like, you know. For the amount of famous people in it, it should have been better than what it was. Absolutely. I don't. I know that Tim Burton was on the rise. I don't know how he got this cast. Yeah. Um, like Christina Applegate is in it for five seconds. <laughs> um, I was kind of wanting to fall asleep during it. I wish that I had. Uh, <laughs> I did spend the first. Yet? He's in it twice. But not. I thought he, like from from the ads. I remember you would think that he's in it like all the time. Uh, he's in it a fair bit. So he plays the president. And then he plays this other weird random cowboy. And for the first okay. hour or so, you're like, is this guy pretending to be Jack Nicholson and doing an impersonation? Or is it actually him with a wig and heaps of makeup on? Um, and it was him. 
with oh, everything okay. he needs to make up on. Uh, not a lot seems to happen for an alien invasion film. Listen, I thought listen there was more to Jack it. Nicholson, Glenn Close, Annette Benning, Piers Brosnan, Dane DeVito, Martin Short, Sarah Jessica Parker, Michael J. Fox, Rob Steiger, Tom Jones, Natalie Portman, Help me uh, large. Pam Greer, Jack Black, yeah. uh, and oh, Joe Don Baker's in it. Cool. Um, but yeah, that's, that's 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 a lot. That's a lot of meat in the celebrity sandwich there. Yeah, I don't know how they paid all these people, <laughs> um, unless they pay them per screen time. Yeah. Uh, I always yeah, forget that just, it's a uh, Tim Burton film too. Like it's, it just doesn't. I forgot that, and then his name came up, and I went, "Oh no, what am I in for?" <laughs> um, I was in for nothing because I don't. So, they discover UFOs, okay, flying off in the atmosphere, and then they come to visit, and it's like it's okay, they've come in peace, and they've got this translator. It's like yeah, 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 they're they're all coming in peace, and then suddenly just start killing people, okay. Um, and they're talking these weird voices. The aliens are kind of cool. Is it kind of like that the... Destroy All Humans game that was around? Did you ever play that? that. Oh, okay. No, I don't think so. All right, keep going. Um, and then Jack Nicholson reaches out. It's like, we need to just make friends. We can't nuke them. We just need to try and make amends here. And he does, and he has a good speech, and they shake hands, and everything's fine, and then they go back to just killing everyone. Oh, okay. But there's not... I, feel like... I don't want to say there's no depth to it, because it's just an alien movie. But it just feels empty and pointless. In the same year of uh, Independence Day, do you think it was like satirizing that or do you reckon it was trying to make its own... A little bit. There was quite a few moments. Um, so one of the characters I feel like is basically Randy Quaid's son. <laughs> nice. Um, and there's like there's the RV park. There's, there's a lot of crossover from Independence Day and probably okay. quite a few other alien type films. But it just, yeah, it just fell flat. I was not a fan. When's so is, is the next thing that he does the uh, Planet of the Apes? No, it can't be. Um, Sleepy Hollow. Hmm. hmm. <laughs> you can watch that one. <laughs> I'm I'm sure that your uh, partner will make you watch that. We'll see. Uh, I watched Daylight. Which I was really excited to watch, and my wife Classic. was like, "You're too excited to watch this." I'm like, "No!" And it was like, it was just, it was yesterday afternoon, it was a Saturday afternoon, and I watched it, and I fell asleep in a little bit of it, but it still oh, no. was fine. It's I, look, is it the part I, where they're trapped in the tunnel, or the part where they're trapped in the tunnel? <laughs> I um, I forgot. It's like because because Mortensen's in this movie, Sylvester Stallone's in this movie. There's like there's a lot of there's a lot of action movie. Uh, regulars in this and it's good for the most part but they just try and sort of stretch it out a little bit too long like it's 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 nearly a good two hours long too long and i think i think it could have been wrapped up in about an hour and a half but if uh if you've never seen it the tunnel between new jersey and um new york um i it, it has the uh roland emmerich um independence day thing of like showing a bunch of different people who are about to be in the same situation in their lives, which I really liked. I love, I love the, 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 um, the wind up to this. Like it's, it's, there's like a lot of plot, like a lot of plot that is, ne- is never sort of seen again. Like we got Amy Brennan in this, the, she's the um, female lead in heat playing a very Sandra Bullock esque role in this. But the first time you meet her, she's got a message on his, her machine from this guy that she's having, having an affair with. Um, who said like he's not ready to split up for his wife yet? 
And then she's like, oh, that's all right. I'm going to leave New York because like all meta pigs and all that stuff. And then uh, later in the piece, there's another family and there's like, they're having this conversation in the car of whether like the, the dad of that family has just recently had an affair, but they've welcomed him back and like, it's all good. You think that those two people are the ones, but it's not. It's just two people that just had two random affairs and they're still, then they're put into the same situation. It would have been way better if those two had been together. That would have been amazing. I should have written this movie. Um, <laughs> Viggo Mortensen, kind of, Mortensen is kind of set up to be like the bad guy in this, but there's no bad guy in this. Like the, 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 the reason the tunnel collapses is because at the start, there's, this, there's these two guys who are trying to dump nuclear waste in New Jersey because they can't do it in New York and they're doing it illegally and they're just loading it onto this truck and then a bunch of stuff happens where there's like a high-speed chase and one of the cars randomly goes into this truck and then that toxic oh. waste is um, is what makes the entire tunnel a fireball and, and, and collapses and all that sort of stuff. So, and that's why it's unsafe to be stuck in there. Yeah, and like that's why there's also like the added element of um, toxic gas that they're, that they're breathing and they can't turn the air ventilation off because otherwise they'll die. And look... They tried to cram a lot into this movie. I don't really know also. Sylvester Stallone plays this disgraced um, emergency officer. And you kind of... It, t- it takes a long time to find out why he's disgraced and why people don't want to trust him. And I think they should have come up with that a little bit earlier. Dan Hedaya's in this because he's in every single no, movie. In he's the in 90s. every movie this month. Uh, he's, got like a, he's rocking a really nice moustache. He, he basically looks like Mario in this. It's amazing. <laughs> Uh, J.O. Sanders, which we, we will know from, oh no, um, JFK, he's like a, um, a Kevin Costner's little uh, big offsider in that. Um, I don't know, you've got, oh, uh, I was very pleased to see uh, Daniel Harris, uh, Halloween alumni, um, was, was in this mm. as well. You, there's, my wife got sick of me uh, every, like, especially at the start when they were introducing characters, I'm like, ah, oh, him, ah, oh, him. <laughs> There's Drake from Aliens. There's one of the guys from um, uh, the Diehards. It's it's a it's a good it's a good lot. It's a good good cast. I like it. Good bunch. Um, but I gave, gave it two and a half because it was just I don't know. I wanted it to be more, and it just, it just wasn't. It was just like a little bit too too long. My memory of that film as a kid was they get trapped in a tunnel, and they start to run out of air. I think I confused it with Total Recall. Um, <laughs> But I remember liking it. I think it was great. There's also an, a, a documentary out called Sly about Stallone, which I'm interested to uh, watch. And this, if, if anything else, this has just made me want to watch Cliffhanger again. Um, cause, that was good. Uh, he apparently did this one because he had a fear of um, confined spaces and he did Cliffhanger because he had a fear of heights. I'm like, is he just... He also said this is the last action movie he's doing. <laughs> no, for a little bit. Hmm. Uh, did you watch Ghosts of Mississippi? Nah, I thought about it, and yeah. then I saw the runtime and James Woods, and you made the right choice. I love oh, the yeah. uh, so. There's a the first the first review on Letterbox is crazy how this film predicted that James Woods what James Woods would be like in 20 years, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was very funny. Um, um, actually, though, I did read that James Woods did this film because of his fear of being called a racist. Well. 
I now he seems to be owning that fear. Uh, everyone, uh, much like remember when I talked about um, Time to Kill, where Keith Sutherland, um, people were kind of double. I didn't like him after that one because his because uh, he, he did so well at being he did so well at being a racist. Yeah, um, same yeah. with this one. Like he, uh, <laughs> this, apparently, uh, most reviews I've seen of James Wood is like, it, like everyone's like he seems to be real easy easily um, into this role of like a of, of, of a racist. <laughs> he must remember. have been loving it. Um, it's very whitewashy. This one more so probably than a lot of other ones I've talked about. Rob Reiner directed this. Uh, it's it's cheesy. It's white savior. Uh, it's got Alec Baldwin in it. He is not a good actor. I'm with every film that he come that comes across here with a Baldwin in it. It makes me more and more upset that they got any work um, after like 1990 because he's not a good actor. I think he is like someone else this month. Uh, if it's the right role. He was all right in 30 Rock. I think he's good for that sort of stuff. But like, yeah. given something like that's actually needs some emotion and he's he is terrible at it. Uh, we've also got, we got Millie Mace Mason in this. We've got Craig T. Nelson. Whoopi Goldberg is amazing in it, as she is in most things that she ever does. And this is probably her like 10th movie this year. So good on her. Um, look, it's, it's fine. I used to watch this movie a lot. Um, but this this recent watch has uh, made me put this uh, particular copy of my DVD into the op shop pile because I don't think I'll be watching this again. Nice. Um, yeah, I think again, I think everyone was slapping themselves on the back about you know we solve racism and <laughs> by paying a racist to be racist. <laughs> um, he did get um, not him, but. The so if you've never seen it before, um, James Woods plays um, Baron Dealer Beckwith, who is a uh, a racist who shoots down a civil rights leader, Megger Evers. Uh, they sh- it starts off in 1963, and then it, it goes forward to 1989, and the aging makeup that they put on James Woods, I think, actually won uh, an Academy Award because it looked that realistic. And um, I do I do remember him looking old and crusty, and yeah. had um had not been used before, and was very effective. Uh, yeah, it's look I don't know, it it's pretty much everything you've seen in, in every other one of these movies, uh, but this this time around, it's I think it's got an extra it's got an extra layer of cheese on it. But Whoopi Goldberg is the bright shining light, and I gave I gave one star for Whoopi, and also for one star for. Uh, What's her name? Um, Margot Martindale. Um, who you might not have known the name, but if you've ever seen The Americans or um, I think she was no. in uh, um, Hands Ma- Hand Man- Hand Ma- Handmaid's Tale as well. Uh, she's ama- she's amazing. This is a sassy receptionist to Alec Baldwin. I like that. Um, so yeah, I gave this uh, two stars because it was not great. Uh, speaking of not great, mm-hmm. so at the start... Uh, I think, sorry, before we started recording, you're telling me how you randomly quote Simpsons to your children and people at school and they do not understand it. Yes. So, on Letterboxd, Avatar 2009 fan gave this film two and a half stars and their review said, 
My parents quote this all the time for some reason. My dad would just say things like, you know, I invented standing in line and expect me to understand it's a reference to Michael with John Travolta. It makes me feel insane and so does this movie. <laughs> I also was a, um, there's one of a review that says, Michael keeps saying he's not that kind of angel. And then my dad got really upset and said, well, what kind of angel are you? <laughs> yes, exactly. Because it turns out he is that kind of angel. He just didn't want to be. <laughs> um, I've also got an angel movie to, to tell you about. So tell me about this one first and then I'll, I'll, I'll angel battle with you. Uh, my favorite moment uh, was quite early on and no others followed it. Uh, <laughs> only because Conan O'Brien told a story once about when his mother would have friends around he would act like a little servant child and he'd always like be really quiet and quaint and be like, yes, mother, yes, mother, I'll do it directly. I'll do it directly. And the old lady who Michael is boarding with, the uh, ridiculous cast, by the way, to have William Hurt, John Travolta oh, and Andy McDowell. Bob Hoskins? Bob Hoskins, um, the guy that's not Tom Sizemore or Michael Madsen. <laughs> Richard Schiff. Richard Schiff is in this for like 10 seconds. Why is he just randomly popping up in little roles? Oh, Robert Pastorelli. Is that what he's That's the about? one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so William Hurt, Spaghetti, Annie Madow are sitting at this breakfast table with this old lady. Yeah. And they're like, I've come to see the angel. When's the angel coming down? And that was my Annie Madow. Nice. Oh, Christ, she's back. Um, and the old lady says, he'll be down directly. <laughs> <laughs> Which, when I watched this as a child, would have meant nothing to me. I would have just been confused. Um, Terry Gar, Joey John... Lauren Adams? Yeah. Ridiculous. I think everyone saw Phenomenon and was like, oh, man, I want to do like a... a <laughs> and then they got to the set. And they got to the set. It's like, is this like Phenomenon? Kinda? <laughs> there's, there's, there's some similar moments. Why is um, his hair doing that? <laughs> I don't know. Because it looks like angel wings, maybe. It's glorious. It's it is a glorious. It is. It is a. It is quite a nice head of hair. Um, that is not his. <laughs> Michael puts a lot of sugar on his frosted flakes, which we call frosties. Okay. Which, as a child, that really speaks to me because I know they're already sugar coated, but you can put a little more on there. <laughs> um, the old lady keeps asking people if they want their eggs over easy, and then she just gives them scrambled eggs, something <laughs> like that. Uh, the old lady dies. Which Quite is the suddenly. old lady in this? Jean Debson, maybe? Uh, I don't know who she is. I've never seen her before. Um, and at her funeral, Andy McDowell starts writing things. And William Hurt is like, what are you doing? And she says, I write country and western songs. <sighs> during funerals. Um, they eat lemons raw and have arguments about it. I heard the William Hurt where he bites into a lemon here. He's uh... Yeah. And then they have this debate about this is how you eat a lemon. It's like, you don't this, just eat lemons, people. This movie sounds insane. It's it's a little Groundhog Day. So William Hurt... Just because it's got Andy McDowell in it. It's like, no, 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 no. Hey, hey, hey. Let me finish. I watched it. You didn't watch it. You don't know. Um, <laughs> it's not like Groundhog Day because William and Andy have zero chemistry at <laughs> all. They are not a match in the slightest and they hook up and it's very forced and it does not feel real for a single second that's the second one for her this year because in multiplicity too her and uh um michael keaton had zero chemistry too and i don't like she seems like the loveliest lady in the world i don't know how you don't get chemistry with annie mcdowell yeah she gives you so much she's so wonderful and well, then you're just william hurt wow. um we've 
so William Hurt is a dickhead throughout all of this. And I think you know Michael was, was this you angel know there was, who's... Um, there was certain stuff said post, post his death. About him being horrible? Yeah. Okay, makes sense. <laughs> I also forgot that he died. Yeah. Uh, so Michael, this angel that comes down, an archangel, the Michael, yep. uh, he... He hints it like he's come for a purpose. Okay. Angels can only have 26 visits to Earth, and this is his last one. I love these angel rules because I've got a bunch more coming at you. This is amazing. <sighs> Great. Um, does he have a book? Does he have a book? Does he have a book of angel rules? Uh, not that I saw. Okay, cool. No problems. All right, keep going. <laughs> so he, he tells William Hurt that he basically picked him out. He's like, I came back to Earth. I wrote to you, like, I'm, you're my, you're my purpose. Okay. I think the purpose was to make him a better person, which he doesn't do because <laughs> William Hurt is not a good person in this film. Um, and he tries to encourage him to and like lead him to be nicer to Andy McDowell, especially. And then they hook up, and then uh, the dog. Also, two dogs drowned during this the making of this film. That's not okay. Um, oh. They kill the dog, uh, he gets hit by a truck, and everyone's really sad, and William Hurt yells at Michael to bring him back to life. Okay. Which, throughout this film, you can just taste the fact that William Hurt does not want to be doing this job. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they play it off as this is his character, but he did not want to be there. I could see him doing one takes for every single one of these lines, and then just... Apparently, they had to cut out. He kept smoking. Oh, really? On set and during the scenes, they had to cut it out. Oh. He refused to not smoke during it. Jesus. What a yeah. dick. Yeah. So, he, um, just have a, a cursory look at, like, put William Hurt controversy and uh, have, a, have a good old Google search. Um, what a weird guy. Like, yeah. Because you, he'd be, like, making millions in this role. He probably would make at least, like, 10 million. Let's just say that. I don't even know if this movie made 10 million. I hope it didn't. Um, <laughs> also, when I put it on, Laura said, be ready for some Christian propaganda, which I don't know if, aside from the fact that it's an angel. It didn't well, this is what I wanted to talk to about. It's insane that we got two movies to do with angels in December and they're all like, you would not have this ha happen. It is all geared at the Christian or Catholic faith. It's just insane. Like, there's... It's all about it. Like this is what stuff that will be now regular, regular, re relegated to like the Hallmark Channel and stuff. Well, this is where this film lives now because it is not good in any regard. Um, so yeah, William Hurt yells at Michael to bring the dog back to life. He's like, "I'm not that kind of angel. What kind of angel are you?" Uh, forces him to do it, and then immediately Michael's like, "I don't have long left. Like, <laughs> I've basically put all my life into that dog, and now I'm going to die." Oh, all right. Um, so they rush like, into. Um, it turns into like a demon dog or something like that. It's like oh, the bad, the bad angel. <laughs> yeah, pet cemetery. Yeah, like I brought him back to life, but he was <laughs> dead. So. Different. <laughs> Having said that, he does attack Bob Hoskins at the end of the film. So maybe Bob Hoskins broke out of him. Uh, was he singing in the air yeah, tonight? A lot of a lot of dead people in this film, huh? Yeah, yeah. Um, they rush into Chicago so he can see the tallest building in the world at the time. Because his, his whole journey is like, I want to see the biggest wall of twine. I want to see the biggest tractor. He's just 
don't know, it was on some. Is he the character he plays at the start of Phenomenon just didn't, and never got smart? <laughs> kinda. <laughs> like, he's super goofy and weird and, like, kinda innocent but annoying, but he's super, he is super smart. Yeah. But he's just being a little dick. <laughs> um, they show him Sears Tower. He dies there. He disappears. Okay. Um, oh, the whole movie, by the way, is these three are going to write an article about an angel and save their jobs. But the okay. angel dies and disappears, so they can't. Uh, William Hurt immediately turns back into being a massive prick. Um, is really mean to Andy. And then he thinks he sees John Travolta in the alleyways and chases him and it makes him bump into Andy. And then they rekindle and it's a horrible, stupid film. Well, Tater agrees. <laughs> well, I will tell you about the preacher's wife, uh, which goes a different way. Did it have a star-studded cast, though? It does. It does. Oh. Denzel Washington plays an angel named Dudley. No way, Dudley. Uh, <laughs> oh man, this movie is rated G, but for a good time. So many, so much bananas. It's it is so weird. Why did you watch this? Because I wanted, I it was, uh, I think I had some time in the mornings this week. To, I, I, I was getting up sort of pretty early, so I was like, oh, I might as well watch one of the films. I'll, I'll just sort of put one of the ones I don't, I'm not really fully invested in. So I chucked the preacher's wife on. Um, it's directed by Penny Marshall, who did who, who did Big. You know, I'll I'll watch any and and League of Their Own. So you know, I think we're in good hands. So, Courtney B. Vance is in this. Whitney Houston, Gregory Hines. It is a very, very bananas movie. Courtney B. Vance is a preacher at a uh, a, a chapel, and he is just losing his faith, basically. And his wife, is uh, played by Whitney Houston, is uh, feeling quite sort of forgotten about, and they're, they're not really connecting. They've got a son... Um, who he doesn't really pay much attention to. Uh, so he Perfect. says, he, he basically is outside um, one day and he's just, just, no, he prays and says like, oh, look, I need some help. And then his kid and his best friend are playing, they're doing snow angels outside. And then all of a sudden there's this like huge big Denzel Washington next to him doing a snow angel too. <laughs> and they're like, oh, who are you? He's like, I'm Dudley. And they're like, oh, where'd you come from? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm an angel. <laughs> he's very like, he doesn't want to tell everyone about it, but like the kid, apparently kids just know. So he's he's very uh, open and honest with them. But he's got this, this bu- there's a bunch of rules, basically. And he can't, he's actually a pretty inefficient angel. He can make things happen around the place, but he can only, he, he helps people, but he has to help them help themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah, because he, of free will. He's not he's not a genie. He can't just like sort of go, All right, I'm gonna fix all your problems. He he has to sort of guide them to it. Because of free be... will, Paul. And also yeah. he's probably not that kind of angel. <laughs> he doesn't say that though. <laughs> uh Courtney B. Vance uh of course thinks it's ridiculous. Whitney Houston thinks he's amazing because he's Denzel Washington. Um this movie was made two hundred percent better when I found out that uh, in two thousand and nine Whitney Houston said, there wasn't a day on this film that I wasn't under some sort of drug. <laughs> oh. So when you're watching her, it's just like, ah, she looks really happy. <laughs> Good on her. Um, so 
there's a bunch of stuff that happens um and Dudley tries to sort of show the preacher the way of um you know you gotta make sure you look after your wife and gotta make sure that you're attentive to your kids and workers and everything and lots of stuff but the the thing is that Courtney B. Vance doesn't do anything particularly that wrong he's got a lot of stuff to do in the community he's like a preacher to this community he goes and visits people in the hospital and then Whitney Houston's like oh you're not paying attention to me <laughs> it's like well he's a yeah. fucking preacher um uh I do like the fact that um Dudley starts to fall for his wife and there's a bunch, bunch of, like, really Ooh. inappropriate moments. Oh. Most of which is right towards the end after, like, Dudley's kind of helped save the day and everyone's happy again and everyone's not doing anything. He goes, he's, he's alone in their house and he's looking at their, their mantelpiece with all these photos and he does this thing where he, he looks at their wedding photo and he magically changes Courtney B. Vance into him. <sighs> and then there's, like, thunder and he looks up, he's like, Ooh, sorry. And then changes the back and it's just like, no, you can't do that to someone's wedding photograph, you angel. Is, is it a bit of a comedy? It is. It's just... Intentionally or unintentionally? No, I think it is. I just don't know. It's it's for like the, the church going crowd. There's like, like lots of really good music in this. Like there's a lot of... Um, and Whitney Houston's obviously um, given the chance to sing at least three times throughout the film. Um... Th- Denzel did have me crying in my cereal. <laughs> in a good way? In a bad way? In a good way. Okay. <laughs> there's, a, there's a kid that gets... Um, because there's a neighborhood kid that gets taken away by child services and he's the best friend of the son. And then um, he... The Dudley's talking to him about it and just like helping him get over it because the dad sort of doesn't really sort of talk to the kid. And I'm just like sitting there with my cereal and start crying. <laughs> Seven thirty on a morning, on a Thursday morning, <laughs> and then I have to rethink my life. Uh, I mean, these movies are made. To I don't make think you feel I, it's, like that. it is so cheesy and schmaltzy. I didn't think I was going to, but man, Denzel Washington can do anything he wants to me. I don't care. <laughs> He is glorious. I really hope I never find out anything bad about him. He is one of the probably my favorite, one of my favorite actors of all time. I could watch him do anything. Five stars. Uh, I gave this three and a half. Oh, for, wow! For, yeah, I gave Michael one and a half because it was stupid. Uh, no, sorry, three stars. I gave this three stars. It was, it was what I needed at the time, and. I think I'm coming. I'm. I'm really losing myself over to these rom coms because fuck, they do something. They do something to me. You're starting to give yourself to the Lord as well, by the sounds of it. Well, you know what? If anyone's going to do it, Denzel will. Um, hopefully, just quickly. I'm assuming you didn't watch Marvin's Room. I did not. I I didn't. Um, I briefly remembered it being a Leo film and that it was quite good, but I also got it confused with This Boy's Life. Yes, that's, that's the same thing as I do too. Um, um, I did watch but... One Fine Day. <laughs> Why? Because um, last night we were like, oh, let's just put something... Um, again, we were like, we just, we're very much in a chill mood at the moment. We didn't want anything too full on. And it is the most rom-commy of rom-commerce movie ever. It's, it's ridiculous. Michelle Pfeiffer, George Clooney... Um, kids, cell phones getting mixed up, all sorts of stuff. Um, look, 
it's it's really 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 uh sickly sweet but i don't know it wasn't as bad but as like <laughs> but in a nice way that you it like, it doesn't make you angry and you hate it like you still yeah um, michelle pfeiffer has no business being in a rom-com she's not why not uh she's i don't know whether she's got the chops for it like i think oh. i mean like it's good. Like it's it's very the the thing that I found. I gave this like two and a half. The the one my one big problem with one fine day is that after like a lot of rom coms we've had in this series in this podcast, like a lot of them are pretty smart for their day and like pretty like <laughs> this one really leans on the gender stereotypes in a time where I thought that they were kind of moving away from that, but I think we're about to get back into it. I think rom-coms really got a bit dumbed down towards the end of the 90s and early 2000s and they really just like oh men are like this women are like this it's just i just i don't know it annoyed me after a while so i was like yeah we're different (laughs) but not really (laughs) um michelle's wife is kid in this who will go on to uh be in home alone 3 is just like look I would have just left him. <laughs> that, kid, that kid is annoying as all hell, and she doesn't seem to like uh, think that discipline or anything is like part of her parenting. It's just like I can totally see why the way he is is the way he is. Well, I guess maybe this is around the time of not being so physical and. Oh no! no it, but it, and like both the kids, both the kids in this movie go to a Montessori school, which like just like that's very much nineties of like, oh, we don't want to do like you know kind of like usual schooling. We want to you know have like you know more an artsy fartsy sort of way of doing things. And it's like, oh god, well, don't Damn complain, <laughs> don't complain when he makes you crush the model for your archi- architecture firm. <laughs> By leaving his shit all over the floor um, <laughs> and not knowing, like, gen- basic cleanup rules. There's two more. Uh, let's Firstly, let's go on to Be With Somebody Do America. Uh, what did you think? It's This, this one, I, I went straight back into being, like, 15 or 16 and just laughing my butt off. It's stupid, but it's really, really fun. I, I only made two notes during this film uh, because at one point Beavis said music video. Ah, nice. The, the correct term. Okay. Um, and they talked about wanting to go to Seattle and see Hole, which I'd never <laughs> noticed before, which was kind of cool. Um, but I know why he'd want to see Hole. Yeah. As well. Yeah. I mean, like we 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 do go along. We do go on a bit about uh, men and boys being gross in nineties movies, and it'll be I think it'll be like sort of contradictory to not point out that like the core jokes of this movie are like them trying to have sex with me. I, th- I think it's kind of it is a bit of a satire as well so like it's they kind of sort of get away with it but um you know i was an hour into this film when i had that thought yeah i didn't i didn't laugh out loud as much as i did when i was a child but i enjoyed every single gag and then i was like oh no i need to i need to poo on this because this is in line with everything that i poo on every single week but they were kind of like <laughs> it was kind of like a mirror of like how people react to things the the funniest times is when they're actually <laughs> when they're actually think they're about to do it with Demi Moore's character and like the fear in their faces is just like it's just as funny as <laughs> like <laughs> it's like oh, oh. <laughs> um but my I, 
my son did see the cornholio bit and he has been putting his t-shirt over his head and uh and doing it's that a rite of passage for a child it is, i yeah. i did it for like a whole year um and for i think even probably up until this day if not recent years i will say beavis lines in and out of context <laughs> uh just, uh, goddamn um, oh, absolutely goddamn. <laughs> even I've started to appreciate more like just but but I'm just gonna say butthead's a dud. I'm, I don't care for butthead at all. Really? Yeah, I think he's very weak. Uh, it's all about Beavis. It's always been about <laughs> Beavis. Um, it's the little moments now where he's being just kind of normal, but he's also being a rude little teen. Like at the Hoover <laughs> Dam bit when they're explaining, he just goes, "Yeah, sure." Yeah, he's just like, like he's like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. yeah. Like just his random little acknowledgements of something going on were the funniest parts to me. Now, uh, I did look as much, and we've we've talked about oh, really? the sound. Yeah, okay. We've talked about the the soundtrack, but like the the bit where they get into um, Las Vegas, and there's that uh, that band playing Love Roller Coaster. That's a it's it's a really good bit, and they're like dance. By the way, they're dancing to it, and they do that little three D bit is just yep. amazing. <laughs> the greatest dance moves. Oh my god! If you haven't done that at a wedding, you <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, look, it's it was it was fun to watch, and um, I I always giggle at Bald Knob, and yeah. um, that whole that whole sort of all all the little town names. Oh man, it's great. the original Hank Hill. Yeah. Yep. Um, I didn't realize that was Greg Kinnear as well as um oh Robert Stacks yeah who also he said that he didn't want to be a part associated with it but apparently like um which is really weird because in two years time he'll be uh in basketball so maybe he yeah. embraced his uh his comedic side full uh, cavity search full cavity search <laughs> uh, um, yeah when when that bit where they pull over uh, uh Hank Hill on the um. Oh yeah, whoever he's playing, and the the, the seniors, and he's saying full cavity search. Is like, what? What's going on? Here? <laughs> <laughs> this this is pre Hank Hill as well. I think Laura said, which yeah, it's uh, next year it starts in ninety seven. Yeah. I think yeah. So, I did not realize. Yeah, that might, I've been looking for something. So I've never I never really got into King of the Hill, and maybe I'll I'll use this as a, a launching pad into that. I, so. I think it's a good way to do it. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, this is still incredible. I would go and watch it again at any moment. I know that I should be against it, but like you said, it's kind of. Did you fun watch the it. new one? Yes, that's still bit, pretty at good. The start when they're all they're doing is they're a space, like they're at NASA and they're just like making the two things go inside each other. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that went on for so long. <laughs> um, let's talk about Jerry Maguire to finish off. Uh, I had not seen this movie for years and I had a lot of, did like, you, the reason I like this movie, um, is, and I think he was warned against it at the time because like Jeremy Maguire, the character, Jeremy Maguire, the character is actually, he's kind of a loser. He's like, he's not great. He's, he is. I never noticed that before. I just saw like this slimy agent type, but he's not really good at his job sometimes. And he's also... Like he does, he makes a lot of mistakes, and I kind of liked seeing Tom Cruise in that kind of role because he's usually in a, a role that like never makes any mistakes whatsoever. But uh, like I was saying before about people getting the right role for themselves, I I've probably said a few times on here and in my life, 
that I think Tom Cruise is a great actor. I think he's probably a bit of a freak and a weirdo, and we shouldn't look up to him the way that we do. But he's good at what he does. Yeah, every film I've seen him in, he's just been incredible. But I think he always picks roles that suit him and his nature. Yeah. Like, you're never going to see him as the nerd in a high school comedy. Well, I think he was... um, Because Tom Hanks was supposed to be uh, in this role. But Mm. I think he got a bit too old for it. And um, by the time it got got around, I don't know whether that would have been um, any good. Um, I don't... (laughs) I know it's a plot point for the film. But I don't know whether the relationship part works for me. Like, I don't know if they, if they had not even got into the whole romantic thing, it still would have been a really good movie. I think it fits because at the start, when all those girls are saying that he can't be alone, yeah, and that's how they end up going out for dinner the first time because she keeps saying to him, "You need to be alone, alone, alone." Yeah, alone, and he's like, "Fuck that." Um, <laughs> So I get that side of it. I don't know if it has to, the relationship has to get so bad. Yeah. Like when it, they show the clip on the wedding day and he's like yeah. stressing out and like just staring at the ground and like grabbing his head. Last half hour of this movie is, doesn't, is not as good as the, the sum of its parts. And I also realized in this movie, another thing about Tom, Tom Cruise is that he needs good people around him because... Cuba Gooding Jr., Renee Zellweger, um, even Jay Moore and stuff like that, like they are all in service to him. But like, I don't think if if we had like sort of uh, if everyone around him wasn't doing as great or like were maybe lesser known or whatever, I don't think this movie would be as good. But I think Tom Cruise isn't like the shining light of this movie. I think it's a really good ensemble type of yeah, cast. The, the cast is Renee Zellweger is the greatest in this. Yeah, um, Regina King is always heaps good. She's great. Yeah. Um, the budget. Bonnie Hunt is great in this. I, I was going to say the budget, Laura Linney. Bonnie. Hunt. No, no, she's not budget anything. Bonnie Hunt's amazing. She's not budget, but she's she's not Laura Linney. But yeah, she's really really good. I didn't realize Eric Stoltz was in it. That was sneaky. Where was he? Uh, I think he's one of the agents Oof. somewhere. That slips in and out. Um, um, having real sports people in it. Yeah. My favorite. Jay Moore is great as like just any Jay Moore part that <laughs> comes along. Cuba Gooding Jr. is great in this. Um, I like his his little arc in it. Um, generally felt uh, bad for him when like he wasn't waking up towards the end. There, You're like I, I kind of forgot how this ended, so I, I was I was actually genuinely surprised about how, how everything sort of there went. Is, there is one little issue with that. Um... Firstly, how bad they make the doctors look. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just clapping in his face. Just wake up, wake up, yeah. Um, but they kind of make light of the whole concussion thing. They do. I hope that's not like an NFL-funded thing of like, yeah, let's just you know, make make sure you don't make concussions look bad. Also, at the start of this movie, there's a kid that gets to flip off and tell Tom Cruise to fuck off. And man, that kid to this day must be just like... <laughs> We talked about the kid that was on 101 donations. He thought he was going to be like the king of the schoolyard, but probably got battered. This this yeah. kid was going to be king of. The, he's like, man, you got you got to tell Tom Cruise to fuck off. But at the time, not cool. <laughs> Don't say that to Tom Cruise. He's he was a guard back then. But um, the yeah, little, like the the little kid, the main kid in it. Yeah. Uh, Lip Nicky. <laughs> I I. The human head weighs eight pounds. 
I thought I was that kid because I was small and gooby and had big fat glasses. So generally when you're compared to someone like that, you naturally hate them. But yeah. I've always loved this kid. And I don't love many kids, but he's so good. He's so funny. Is he he's... sick in this? Because uh, he's, yeah, he's got something. But there's like... There... The way they sort of say is that he needs a lot of medical bills and all that stuff, but they never really go into what's wrong with him or whether it's yeah. just like Renee Zelga's like an overprotective parent or something like that. But like, I was trying to look up, I looked up like all these like plot lines, like they seem to be very protective of him, but like, but also, you know, not protective sometimes at all because I think they leave him alone for like long periods of time. No, they leave him with a jazz man from High Fidelity. It's all right. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> Oh it's, god! I did you did you have any tears at all throughout this? I didn't. I used my love from Denzel. Oh. Um, I I didn't have full tears, but I kept having flashbacks to when they spliced Secret Garden in with clips of the film. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah. They re-released Secret Garden, Bruce Springsteen's song, and they put in dialogue from the film. So anytime the dialogue came up that they used in the song. Like, it, it hit me right where I didn't want to be hit at the time. Well, And I didn't want to get emotional because it's a Tom Cruise film, but it's also Cameron Crowe. And Cameron Crowe is really good at doing that to me. And that song sounds like Streets of Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah, it basically is. Um, and then it, It's not in the movie heaps. Like, it just pops up with little snippets here and there. That bit where they um, decided to split up was... Yeah. Yeah, it's... It's really, really good in so much of it. And then the ending is just the biggest flop yeah. that I've seen this year, I think. Yeah, I don't know whether I, I, I like that. I just start playing Shelter from the Storm, they walk off and that's it. It's very weird. And like even that song, it, that yeah, song it more, felt, more felt like something that Cameron Crowe wanted to have in the film anywhere rather than for like a decent moment at the end. Like, you know. Yeah, throughout the first 30 or 40 minutes, there's like, I think even later on, there's a bit of a Who medley going on. Yeah, yeah. And it's really, really cool. And then randomly um, Bob Dylan's gravelly voice at the end. There's a um mm. oh, there's another song that we, we both liked. Uh playing in the background of a party, I think. I think it's Bachelor Party. That's, I can't that's remember not, what it was. That's not Secret Garden? No, no, it's like a it's an upbeat sort of song, I can't remember. No. Um probably weren't playing Secret Garden at his party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> guys, guys. <laughs> Um, I do like uh, there's a um, review um, saying Ray is not a child's name. Every time that she mentioned Ray, I thought, oh, she got <laughs> she got an uncle or something. <laughs> and that's true. Like I, once I read that, I can't unread it. I was like, that Ray is not a name for a child. You leave Ray alone. Um, I do like when uh, they're about to leave for San Diego, and he's like, he says to Tom Cruise, "Just go," and it's like he knows. He knows when people are leaving him, and that yeah. that kid that kid's. Really, I mean, I know that he got like a lot of um, uh, praise for that film and like shit. He uh, he deserves it. He did really well. Um, was it "I'll Be You" by the Replacements? Yeah, I think it was. I'm just looking at it now. It's a Paul Westerberg song. Sorry, Westerberg. Paul Westerberg. Westerberg. It's good. Uh, yeah, there's free falling. Yeah. Um, the horses, but not. Uh, Dale Braithwaite comes up a couple of times. Oh, yeah. And you did mention uh, the other day the something in the way. 
Yeah, so uh, Jerry O'Connell's like just strumming something in the way, um, which I found really odd. And then um, Jerry Cantrell from Allison Chains uh, is in the copy shop at the front at the start of it. That's how you know that it is a Cameron Crowe film. <laughs> and I was just like, and the, there's that whole um, there's a that old guy who's actually like a proper Dick. agent. There's like a wraparound bits, and he does like he has these little quotes, and that's a very Cameron Crowe. That's remind me of like singles a little yeah. bit. Um, Th- those are good little moments as well. They just break up, and I don't, yeah. I don't know. I always enjoyed those bits. Yeah. All right. And, so... and also, gotta go to bed. My mum's coming. <laughs> um, I didn't watch it this time around, but the Pixel vs. Larry Flynn I watched recently, and it still holds up. Woody Harrelson's amazing in that movie. Um, I have never seen it. Really? Yeah. No, watch it, man. Yeah. It's I thought about e- it. Edward Norton. Um, it was just really weird because he looks exactly the same as he does in Primal Fear. But he's like this time he's on the other side, because <laughs> oh. um, he's he's uh, he's uh, Larry Flint's um, lawyer, and he does like. But he's a just really, a baby. He does a really really good um, uh, speech at the end of the film too. Courtney loves in it. Um, yep. It's 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 really good. If you've never seen it, please. The People versus Larry Flint, uh, very very well worth your time. Uh, the box office. This was crazy. One hundred and one Dalmatians was number one. Number two was Jerry Maguire. Number three was Beavis and Butthead. Star Trek First Contact still holding on. And number four... Oh, God. And number five is Michael. What a weird top five that is. Yeah, I don't... I can't imagine Michael would have stuck around for very long. No, no. I think he, he, just, he was just, uh, just, just hanging on. Um, so let's go on to TV. no tv let's move on <laughs> um yeah no nah, there's no premieres there's no news coming through um so let's go straight on to our for the last time this season big fans Ken o'brien and my man ben goes through every guest what? that was on Conan o'brien he does it to the tune of the river of dreams perhaps for the last time okay five four three Two, one. James Woods, Jay Moore, <laughs> John Pizzarelli, Laura Dern, Ron Rifkin, Tracy Chapman, Kevin Bacon, Bonnie Hunt, Ja Havland, oh, N.A., Penny Marshall, Richard Lewis, James Arrow, N.A., TBA and Kenneth Branagh, <laughs> Mike Morano, Mama Shanza, Whoopi Gobble, Jack Palance, Simply Red, Barry Manilow, Nev Campbell, N.A., and Yasmin Bleeth. David Arquette, Bella Fleck and Flecktones, Dr. Roos Westheimer, Lou Diamond Phillips, David Hill, N.A. and Molly Shannon, Scott Thompson, Ben Aked Ladies. <sighs> it was a short month, to be fair. I want to um, I want to see some of those episodes. Also, not for nothing, if I turned on the TV and uh, the announcer's like, Tonight on Conan! James Woods, Jay Moore. I'd be like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> but then if he came back a couple weeks later and they said Yasmin Bleeth, um, you'd probably ask to watch it by yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With Bare Naked Ladies. All right. Let's finish up. Go into music. Oh. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We already had this song. 
It's back, baby. Okay. You okay with that? Yeah, I am. I believe this was my song of the month. Was it yeah. September? August? This is how I felt watching Jerry Maguire. Oh. Good. <laughs> okay. Good stuff. Um, yeah, so there we had uh, Tony Braxton, who came in uh, on the Billboard charts. And on the ARIA, we were still in Australia. Just wannabe, wannabe, wannabe. So that's... You got to give. We got uh, the releases is uh, Human Nature, Telling Everybody, Nerf Herder, Self-Titled, Blood Ga- Bloodhound Gang, One Fierce Beer Coaster, Punkarama 2, Red Man, The Scream Soundtrack, and Biss, This Is TNC Power, which you can actually find. I couldn't find to actually stream. There's, it's December. It's, it's always going to be... I found it on Spotify, but it was called something else. Right. Um, look, I know we're, we're grasping at straws here, but I still think Nerf Herder was quite good. I listened to that pro the most yeah. out of everything. Um. That was, I mean, yeah, like you said, there's not a lot to choose from, but that was actually pretty decent. I don't mind um, it. I don't look okay. What 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 do you think about the Bloodhound Gang? Uh, mm. Because while Firewater Burn is, you know, fine, they also have a uh, song on here called "I Wish I Was Queer So I Could Get Chicks." Yeah, there was a few lyrics and things. I didn't listen to the whole, whole album. I'd started to, and then about halfway through, I was like, uh, okay, this is, I've had enough. Yeah, why is everybody always picking on me? Um, the, the only reason I remember that is because we had a teacher at school, and she would sing that, but she would, you know those, <laughs> you know in that thing you do where, like, the dad finally sings along to the song, but he gets the melody and everything and the lyrics wrong? Like that's oh, yeah. what that's what she's like. This this this, this um, teacher would be like, "Why is everybody always picking on me?" And it's like that's not how it goes. <laughs> you just you're picking. You got the lyrics right, but the melody's like, "Oh God, I don't know what's going on here." Yeah, it was just it was that's that's why I always remember that. Um, yeah, but that weird. song, uh, uh, "Firewater Burn." I remember like that was just and like we we I always had like the um, watching V. You always had the the swearing bleeped out. Is it a bit of a pepper? Um, little bit because like her hair, popular type. Like it doesn't. It kind. There's other songs on the album that are similar. Yeah, but it really and, stands out. I don't. I don't think it. I, don't, I think it was one of those ones that they're like, oh, I reckon this one's going to be a hit, so we'll chuck it on and like because they they're kind of like a a punk, um, rap sort of group but then they've got this mm. one song that's that's uh you know more of a, a ballad sort of thing i also was I, I always found it annoying because uh there's a rancer song which is um also and it's, it's it's all taken from like this uh uh rockmaster scott and the dynamic three like there's a, there's a there was a um song they had called the roof is on fire and like uh, that the the lyrics are exactly the same, and like Rancid used it for one of their songs, and they've used it in one of their songs, and it's like, yeah, they also um reference the Pixies' "Monkey Gone to Heaven" in this song too. Yeah, well, that's cool. But I don't Points know. For that. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I it's it was, 
it's sort of that jock rock though. That's what that's yeah. why I always get from this is just like this is just like the if they're trying to get anything across, it's just going to the wrong type of people, and they're just thinking like that it's just a a, a, a song to sing with their bros and stuff. And like, yeah, I, I, that's the feeling I get whenever I heard this song. It's just like, ugh. Um, Did you listen to Red Man's Muddy Waters? Uh, only a few tracks, but what did you listen to it? No, I, I'd mean I'd meant to, and I was kind of planning to, and I just it never. My brother was into Red Man, uh, in his early high school years, and I decided to hate it. I don't know why. Um, well, because you hate anything, you'd probably like, yeah, yeah. And as a child, I was like, my understanding of music was this is not what music is. And when you're surrounded by older white people who decided to call rap music crap music, <laughs> um, yeah, you're just influenced by other people and you think that it's not good and it's not what it's supposed to sound like. And it's I didn't, I didn't want to go and try and listen to it and then still have those thoughts and not be able to listen to it clearly like an adult. Um, yeah. And I was, I was scared that I still might not like it, so I just didn't. This, however, was really good. This human nature. No, this is Nerf Herder with their song Van Halen. I knew that. I bought Van Halen one. It was the best damn record I ever owned. Is it because of the bass? Oh, yeah, that's, that's why you like it. Um, I never got into Nerf Herder that much like back in the day, but I've listened to them like, some, like over the last couple of years because it's just come up. They've brought out some new stuff. Um, as much as I had like a bit of a tirade, tirade against um, MXPX last November 1996, <laughs> yeah, um, and I know like on, on on paper these guys probably sound the same. I found like these guys were like a little bit smarter with the lyrics and a little bit better with their songwriting. Like it was, there was like different tempos and there was different, um, you know, it was it was a bit more thought put into it. They from this album they got onto a uh, tour with Weezer, which they talk about in a song. <laughs> Which is really, it's actually a really, really good song if you get a chance. Check out Nerf Herder. They're really good. They're the ones that did the uh, theme to Buffy. And also they've oh, got no way. Star Wars reference in their name. So, you know, they've got, they tick yeah. a lot of boxes for me. Yeah. I, this is definitely the most listenable album. Um, yeah. I did try Biss. Yeah. Which um, I'll find what it was called on Spotify. Because it was, just, I think, the same. I think it's a longer version of the same album. Um, uh, it was released looking- at the same time. Yeah. It was called New Transistor Heroes. Right, okay. Um it's a bit weird. Uh it's it's definitely got some diversity going on. Like it's they're not just one genre through every single song. Um it's kinda weird punky indie alternative sonic youth randomness. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it and if I liked it. Okay. But I didn't hate it. Um, well, the boy band uh, Sensation finally came to Australia in 1996 because we had a human nature who would um, come out with uh, telling everybody they had off this album where they had six singles, got it going on, telling everybody wishes, don't say goodbye, wish, whisper your name, people get ready. Remember they also got in with um, John Farnham for a bit there? Like they did like a whole big thing together. They did. Um, I look. I was right in the uh, right in the uh, time where I would just hate anything like this, and I still hate anything like this. Like, I'm sure they're great, and I'm sure they're really um, good at what they do. But 
a boy but band. But if boys to men do it, it's okay. <laughs> a boy band at that time to me was just like this. But this is telling everybody. Um, this is Wishes. Yeah, it's, it's not great, is it? I remember the... And look, I'm sorry to this guy now, but... What'd you that, do? That one guy... You know the, the, the kind of the pretty boy that had like the... Um, I didn't cut? know any of them. If you saw the dude, you would know the one I'm talking about. He, he was like the um, baby face one. He's got, he had like sort of a bowl cut with like... He was... I don't know. Probably the... No, he wasn't the Robert Williams because he wasn't the bad boy. He's just got a really punchable face. And I... Every time I saw him, I was just like, oh, fuck off. They um, all look exactly the same now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> hey, human nature has been good to them. Um, yeah. I do want to talk uh, and you can, you know, uh, you can <laughs> do your own thing over there if you okay, want. Okay, I will. Thanks. Um, I want to talk about Punkrama Volume 2 because I had surgery on my uh, my legs and was out of action for quite a lot of time. And I had uh, two CDs that I bought um, just before all that happened. That was An Outcome the Wolves by Rancid and Punk Rama Volume 2. Um, uh, that was this one that we're about to talk about. So I remember just these ones being like just played over and over and over again. Um, and the good thing about Punk Rama is that they were like, it was like nine bucks and you got 24 songs and they're all different bands. Um, this one in particular had like a lot of old bands on it. Uh, it's, this is, this is, this, um, this CD would have introduced me to so many different bands that, um, after that I would have been getting into, like they had Millencolon on there. Uh, Bad Religion was on there, which I had, I'd sort of heard a bit from my brother, but hadn't heard, um, like haven't heard heaps of it. There was also <clears throat> New Bomb Turks, Descendants, SNFU, uh, down by Law Pulley, Voodoo Glow Skulls, No Effects was on there as well, and it was just like uh, just a really good introduction to a bunch of bands that I would never have sort of got into. And I, uh, compilations were my big thing in, in the nineties. Like I, I got them all from all, all different record companies because they were cheap and they also introduced you to good bands. And I kind of wish that they did. I don't, if I was getting some music these days, I'd find it like really overwhelming and like <laughs> to find new stuff. And this this was like a really good way to find new stuff. So I wanted to just have my little I'd... corner and talk to talk to talk to everyone about that. Good, I'm glad. Is it? I I didn't try and ruin your corner at all. Then yeah, you're welcome. Um, are these sorts of things still happening? Do you know? Uh I mean, I don't think a lot of physical. Media Not like is. the punkorama, but like. I mean, I like to think. I think on Bandcamp, you get like a lot of these like sampler type sort of things that you can get. And like, that's where I, if I was like young and getting into music now, I'd be like on Bandcamp all the time. I probably should be as an older person on Bandcamp all the time. Um, but yeah, it was really good. Like Fat Records had their own version of it. Uh, so did um, Burning Heart Records in Sweden. Uh, Hellcat Records had the um, Given the Boot um, samples as well. And it's, it's just, it was just really good. So, uh, and you just, sort of swap them all between your friends and find bands that you like, find bands you didn't like, and yeah. It was the time to be alive. It was. It was. I look back on those times and go, like, the amount of CDs I just thrashed. Like, I probably would have played that punk drama too. Just, I still got the, I still got it too. I still got that and my Rancid album that I had back at that time, and, like, they're, they're looking pretty tattered. But when I did my little cull, or my big cull, uh, the, earlier this year of my CDs, those two 
were definitely kept because um, autobiographically they're a big big part of my life. So, yeah. was the Scream soundtrack a big part of your life? No, it was not. <laughs> yeah, it's not that great. No. Uh, and also, like, I I can't apart from Red Right Hand, I can't really pick. I mean, I'm sure when we were watching the movie with Laura, we like, we sort of said, "Oh, there's that, and there's that," but like, don't fear the Reaper and schools out. Yeah, yeah, but it's like. It definitely is getting into that time where you'd get um, for the for the out for the for the for the horror movie or like whatever movies out they'd have like a new band doing an old hit as a cover version. Uh, Whisper to a scream. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was the weird cover, I think, wasn't it? Because um, you remember, so with um, the faculty when that came out uh, in didn't watch it, wasn't a fan. Carry on. You're insane. You'll be watching that one. We'll be doing a, a whole big thing on it. Um, <laughs> there, it was, there was a, a, a super group um, called Class of 99, um, and they did Another Brick in the Wall Part 2, so they could do that, like, we don't need no education. Um, but it, it mm. included, listen, listen to this, listen to this. Okay. Lane Staley of Alice in Chains is the vocalist. Yes. Tom Morello, lead guitar. Mm. Steve Perkins of Jane's Addiction as drummer. Mm. Matt, Martin Lenoble from Porno for Pirates as bassist, mm. and then uh, one of the Matchbox Twenty dudes as keyboardist. But that's yeah, like you lost me at Tom Morello. <laughs> you had me. Um, so let's. I'm glad we ended with that. Uh, let's get on to what was what was your uh, favorite movie? Beavis. Uh, I'm going for just Jerry Beavis. I was. It was very nearly Jerry Maguire, and I wanted it to be because I loved it so much. I'll be. I would be downright lying to you if, if Preacher's wife didn't come into it. <laughs> yeah, maniac. <laughs> Just the ending. Like, yeah. I was I was on Letterboxd, and I was about to give it four, and I was considering four and a half, and then Bob Dylan started playing, and I thought, hang on, how does this end again? And then it ended right in front of me, <laughs> and I went, ah, oh, there goes a whole half Oh, that's star. right. It doesn't. It just fades into nothing, yeah. Yeah, it's just the worst. Whereas Beavis and Butthead do America. Uh, is just quality start to finish that that music video bit they do with all the crazy artworks like the rat fink style thing oh, yeah, it was yeah when they meet their dads oh, man, anytime Beavis talks dads, yeah uh, um I want to watch it again <laughs> I also like the fact that they um had the full lesbian seagull in there as well so that's good such a good song I didn't realize that was a real song. <laughs> Um, I'm going to go for, yeah, so I'm going to go Jerry Maguire as, as, um, my film, but yeah, Preacher's Wife could have like easily got in there. Um, with, uh, with music, I know I don't usually do it and I don't know if I'm breaking my own rules here, but I'm going to say mm. Punk Rama 2 for the album and I'm going to go for Van Halen by Nerf Herder as my song. Wow. All right. Um, I'm a bit disappointed with my song because I went for Bloodhound Gang just because mm. I know, <laughs> and it's a catchy song. Mm. It is a, it's a fun, catchy song. Mm. And when it comes on in a house party in a movie and everyone's yelling. Like, not, how, you, like how you said, like, not a party you're at, no. a house party in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't imagine actually being at a party that comes on and people like it because <laughs> I'm 37. Um, but Nerf Herder is definitely my album. Yeah. Because that was that was a solid release. I'll give him that. Okay. That's that. I like uh, Do when you go to the Wikipedia when, when you go to the oh. Wikipedia of a uh, Bloodhound Gang. 
Um, there's there's a whole section on on stage antics. Mm, that doesn't sound good. Because they used a golden shower act. Oh, I remember that. All right, so that is our well, the most of the season we got we we get we have our year in review coming up with our all important top five and top ten lists. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting this time around. I think it's gonna be a lot of. Uh, I don't know why we just didn't do top twelves from the start because there's twelve months. Mm, no. It would have been so much easier to just re-rank all of our choices of the month. Yeah, but you know me. That means like I get I get changes of opinion. It's like I don't like this anymore. Uh, I foresee Preacher's Wife sneaking into your <laughs> films, even though it didn't win today. Oh, that good old Whatever. um, that good old bias that um. <laughs> Yep. Uh, if you want to get in contact with us, uh, gmail.com or go check out our Instagram. Uh, Messages, you... any sort of wacky questions that you've got. Yeah. Ask where we were born. <laughs> what blood type are we? And what are we doing right now? What are we wearing? Uh, Pajamas. <laughs> hey, Sammy. All right. Uh... <laughs> we didn't start this at 10 a.m., so we did. I think pajamas is reasonable. So catch us next week for our last uh, episode of the season and then look for us in the new year and we'll be back with 1997. Uh, have a good old time. and Have uh, a splendid week or month or day. Yeah. Enjoy your pyjamas. Yeah, always enjoy your pyjamas. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Living in the Past. Music by Antigold. Check out his stuff at antigold.bandcamp.com. Artwork by Carla Kagenvin. Check out her stuff at carlakagenvin.design on Instagram. Or email her, carlakagenvin at hotmail.com. Do you like the X-Files? Check out our other podcast, Do You Think I'm Spooky? Available on all podcast platforms. Like what you're hearing? Give us a five-star review and a comment on Apple, Spotify, or Chartable. Stay cozy, look back, and relax. We'll see you later.